0: Now, today, we are going to talk about a hot topic, why we don't get what we want, or why despite our best efforts and taking all the action, following the different steps that we've been told to follow, we still don't have what we want. Now, this is such an important topic because what I've seen a lot, especially on social media, but not only, is people who basically already have the knowledge that they need, already have the information they need. They've been through either a group program or they bought a marketing program. They want to build their online business. They're technically doing everything right, or they think that they're doing everything right. They're looking at other people around them who are successful. They're doing pretty similar things, yet it's still not working. And the reason why it's not working, it's not because of their strategy it's not because they're not taking action and it's not because what they're doing is fundamentally wrong but usually it goes to a much deeper level where to put it very basically we don't embrace the suck we don't go deep enough and we don't go where it's really really scary and instead we stay either in a comfortable zone or a not too uncomfortable zone. So I'm going to give you some very clear example. We are going to be talking about visibility, about niche hopping, launching, uh, staying around people who don't really serve us anymore, money and investments, as well as the mindset part of it and the inner work. We will miss nothing today. And as a side note, if you like the podcast, if these episodes have been helpful so far, I'd be super, super, super grateful if you could share this podcast with a friend who you feel could also benefit from this. So, okay, let's jump right into it. One of the first aspects that is pretty obvious once we notice it, but not so obvious, if we don't know, is visibility and how people show up online. So I've had quite a few people ask me, hey, like I've been showing up consistently. I even post several times a day, yet I'm not getting clients or my posts are not really getting engagement. And the reason why it's because what they think visibility is or what they think that they are doing in terms of visibility is actually not what they should be actually doing. So how many times have you seen someone's content, but you never really saw their face? Or you kind of vaguely saw their face once, but they never show up on Instagram or Facebook stories, or they don't really do video. You don't really know who it is and you couldn't recognize their content or you could, but it's kind of this abstraction. And rather than putting the content on a person's face, we kind of vaguely know that that content belongs to that account. And one of the reasons why people don't show their face is because they have visibility issues, right? It's a huge, huge, huge thing. So if you do feel that that's something that you've been struggling with, don't feel bad, don't feel guilty, don't feel ashamed because a lot of people have visibility issues. But in a nutshell, that is a perfect example of doing what's uncomfortable whilst. Still staying in the comfortable. So maybe it's pretty uncomfortable for us to post, especially if it's new. We are afraid that people are going to judge the content. We're not quite sure how they're going to react to it. So we are kind of doing the uncomfortable thing by posting in the first place. But the deeper layer of this and the layer that would make the entire difference in how our audience engages with us and sees us and connects with us and connection is key when we're building a business is showing our damn face right either through videos or stories or pictures and that is kind of the next step in terms of visibility is starting to do videos that feels much more vulnerable because obviously it's scary people can judge us what if we lose our train of thought what if we stumble on our words and it becomes awkward But that's kind of the deeper layer of the visibility. And what I've seen some people do or say is, well, I've been super consistent. I've been showing up like people tell me to show up. I post, I have a niche, I'm providing value, but they are not going to that deeper layer, that very scary layer or very uncomfortable layer of showing their face. And that is kind of going to go against the overall efforts and action taken and steps that they have been implementing is not going to be as efficient as it could or as efficient as it should, because that next level that feels really scary, they are not doing it, right? Another example is niche hopping. One of the reasons, but not only, but one of the reasons people hop niches, so not sticking with one thing. So maybe they might do weight loss for a while and then they don't really like that. So they switch to anxiety and then they kind of like that, but don't really like that. So then they do, I don't know, self-worth, which has some intersection, but it's still three different niches. And what is really going on is that maybe part of their mind, and that is completely subconscious, right? They don't realize they're doing this. Part of their mind is saying, well, actually this is not what I'm passionate about, that this is not what fulfills me, let's change niches. And then two or three or four months later, sure enough, it happens again. Oh yeah, actually after second thought, this is not really what fulfills me, let's change niches. And this can go on for months and years. So now there's a very important distinction of, okay, maybe that's just not what fulfilled you and it's a very good thing that you changed, right? Or that that person changed. However, this could also be hiding a deeper mechanism. A deeper subconscious mechanism that is that we are afraid of failure. Like the deep level, the very scary level is being afraid of failure or being afraid of success. That aunt or our mom or that teacher who said, You'll never be successful, kind of rings in our mind. Somewhere in the corner of our mind, we hear that bullying voice that says, You'll never amount to anything or you'll never be successful. And now, probably subconsciously, usually people are not aware of this, now they are freaking the F out that they try and fail and then that person would be right. So instead of ever being in that situation, the second much better option is to hop because they can think, this is a cognitive dissonance thing where people can think or feel or rationalize by saying, hey, well, I tried, but I didn't really try because that niche didn't float my boat. So now I'm starting from scratch and I'm trying this niche. So I technically didn't fail because I just changed niches rather than sticking to one niche and taking the risk to try and fail. And then the failure would be the deep pain. The thing is that that's a counterproductive mechanism because if we're not consistent and if we keep changing our mind or if we keep changing niches, we are setting ourselves up for failure. We cannot get a business off the ground or enough momentum in the earlier stages if we are inconsistent, if the audience is confused, and if we're constantly hopping and changing niches and changing the stuff we are talking about on our platforms. This is very often a subconscious mechanism and people really feel that, oh, well, this just wasn't the right thing to do, so I'm changing. That's what they feel. That's what they their mind pulls them into thinking and believing. But the real, the raw aspect, the deep fear is, what if I try and fail? And then it means that I'm not good enough or that I'm just not that smart or that other people can do it, but I can't. And that realization would be so, so painful and so difficult that our system never wants to go there. So instead, it's just going to kind of hold us back so we can never quite try and never quite fail. Of course, that doesn't work because we are never going to be successful if we do that. But again, you know, as we said in the beginning, it's a very efficient way that our mind finds for us not to go where where the real pain is or where the very scary stuff is. Now, launching. All of these are examples because maybe some of the examples won't resonate with you and others will, but all of these are examples I've observed either in clients or people in my audience or people I've worked with. Another big one is launching. Now launching is scary. You probably cannot imagine how many people have mental breakdowns before they even launch because there is such a huge fear of rejection or fear that we will do all of that and then no one will buy. And that would mean that we're not good enough or that we're a fluke or no one is interested that we kind of would rather not launch. And I know that because I've been there, right? How many times have I have I procrastinated on a launch because it was more comfortable and safer to kind of not launch and not be disappointed than launch and be disappointed. So if you've ever had fear of launching, you're not alone. Even people who've had very successful launches still have fear of launching. But what I've seen that is, that is more subtle in launching, that goes back to this staying in the uncomfortable, comfortable, right? Or in the like the zone that this kind of like, oh, out of a comfort zone, but not that much of a comfort zone. So I've seen people launching and they will launch a program or an offer or a course or whatnot, and they show up, but they don't fully show up, right? So for example, they would do, they will do a few posts on their Facebook or Instagram account or YouTube or wherever they provide value talking about the offer or a very nice Canva graphic describing the offer, but then they don't show up daily on stories while the card is open. Or they send out one email when the, the doors are open for enrollment, and then they get crickets and tumbleweeds because you know sometimes people buy later. Very often more than 50% of enrollments come in the last. 36 to 24 hours. So they send out an email, no one really answers or no one really reacts. Then they freak out and then they don't send emails anymore or they stop showing up because they're already feeling rejected or they're afraid that it's not going to work. So I see people say, Well, I launched and it didn't work. So I guess launching is just not for me or that people are not interested. And then I ask them what they did during their launch. And I said, Okay, so how did the live event go? And they say, Well, there is no live event. I just, kind of send them to one of the resources I've already created or like to a pre-recorded video. And I said, okay, so why don't you do a live event? Oh, because what if no one shows up? Well, there we go. How can we ever have a successful launch if before we even start, we don't want to go live, or do a live launch because we are afraid that no one is going to buy? It's very different if we have an entire strategy that doesn't include live launching, that's a different point, right? But having the thought okay, I'm not going to ha- host a live event because what if no one shows up is a scarcity thought. So then people don't do it and they send people to pre-recorded stuff and then the launch doesn't work the way they wanted it to work and they say, oh, well, it just doesn't work for me or I'm just unlucky when they actually didn't do everything that was possible or they didn't fully invest themselves in the process. Or something else that I see is that they will kind of tiptoe around talking about the offer, but they feel extremely cringy. Or when they are live launching, they completely forget to talk about the offer. So then people are like, oh well, this 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 live training was so helpful. I loved it, and they don't even know that there is a program that is going to be available for sale. And then they attended live, they loved it, and then they leave, right? And they don't even know there is a course or a program coming up. And then the launch kind of flops. Or I've also seen people pitching and talking about the offer. And then you can't find the link, or the link is very difficult to find. It's like on a link tree, it's in an Instagram bio. Uh, you know, in an Instagram bio, you can have a link. You click on the link, and instead of directly going to the program, it goes to a link tree that has like five options. And it's not even that clear that they are actually launching something right now that the doors are going to close soon. It's a protection mechanism, right? Because again, my mind says, well, deep down, I know that I didn't do everything I could have done for this launch. So if it doesn't work, I'll just blame it on the fact that I didn't try that hard rather than if it doesn't work, then I'm going to feel not good enough or I'm going to feel rejected, right? So again, it's because we have a fear that it might not work or that no one is going to buy, which is a very legit fear. And because we don't want to go there and because that would be way too painful to deal with, or because it might put into question everything we've been working on for months, we kind of tiptoe around the launch or we kind of launch or we launch, but we don't really pitch the offer or talk about the offer. And then that's a a protection mechanism again. We kind of can use the excuse, well, I tried, but I didn't try that hard. Okay, aspect number four is staying around people who don't really serve us. Now, of course, um, some people in our life, they're just going to be there and not go anywhere. And we can't really do anything about it, or at least not immediately. However, many people stay around friends, even though those friends or being a bit nasty, or a bit jealous, or very unsupportive, because that, that nastiness or that lack of support is still better than being alone. And there's a very big difference between being alone and being lonely, right? We can be alone and feel really happy and not feel lonely, and we can feel lonely with a bunch of people around us. So since we are human beings, duh, and Connection with people is such a fundamental aspect of our life. And one of these fundamental things that contribute to our well being in general, because we are meant to be around people, right? Part of us knows that even if some people are not really being supportive, or if some friends are sometimes saying some nasty comments or like some passive aggressive stuff about our business, we don't say anything or we accept that. Because that is better than ending up alone. or That is better than no longer having these people around us. And that kind of goes back to the initial topic of not embracing the suck. Growth and expansion and breakthroughs and kind of miracles or exponential business growth that you can't really explain with logic in general come from doing things that really suck. And pushing through them or being willing to be very uncomfortable and to letting go of our past to focus on the future. But when we accept to stay around people who are a bit passive aggressive or whose values or beliefs completely clash with ours. So, for example, if you're very passionate about your business or your niche, and then your friends keep saying stuff like, oh, but are you sure that this is going to work? These online businesses, they all fail and 70% of businesses will fail after one or two years. And they just keep saying a bunch of stuff like that. Oh, you should go back to your nine to five. That would be so much safer. They're not supporting us in following our dreams. And staying around them is not going to positively contribute to us reaching our goals because especially in the earlier stages, but not only, We really need our mindset to be strong and we need some sort of support system or at least not having people weighing us down. But again, the thing that really sucks is losing people that we've been friends with or that we've been around for years and years and years. So our mind doesn't want to go there It says, okay, well, I know this is not ideal, but I'd rather have them than not have them when in fact, cutting those cords and peacefully distancing ourselves from people who don't support us would be one of these aspects that allow us to quantum leap. It would be one of those aspects that really makes a big difference in shifting our energy and us reaching our goals. Because you've probably heard me say this, if you've been uh, in my Facebook group or on in Instagram for a while, but we cannot build a different future based on the familiar past meaning that if we can keep the same beliefs, the same thoughts, the same energy as we had in the past, we can only expect the future to look exactly like the past. So that doesn't mean that you have to move towns and uh, stop talking to all of your friends and all of the people that you knew from the past. Absolutely not. But it means that everything in the past that is limiting us we cannot afford the luxury of keeping that with us if we want to create a different future. So if I had, for example, and which is the case, right? I had imposter syndrome feeling, oh, uh, no what? No one would buy from me or no one would buy a three-month program for me. If I'm more attached to that belief than I am attached to letting go of that belief, if I keep that belief with me that was formed in the past, well, that's exactly what I'm going to have. No clients that pay a three-month program because that's my belief. But if I let go of that belief that was developed in the past and switch to a more empowering belief or thought or emotion that says, of course, people would invest in a three-month program, then I can create a different future. So some examples of kind of unhealthy dynamics with people or stuff that we accept that really doesn't serve us is for example, Waiting for someone's approval before we allow ourselves to do something. So, typically, I've seen quite a few people, especially people who are in a role of caring, so who care about other people, who support other people, who give a lot and who are not used to receiving. If their spouse or if their partner or if anyone in their family or friends are saying, Oh, you shouldn't make that investment, I don't think you should do that, they will actually listen to them instead of demanding or instead of making it a non-negotiable that they want to invest in themselves because they value themselves enough to do it, right? Or people pleasing and not putting our needs first or not having healthy boundaries, because we feel that our job is to give. So especially it's very common with women or men who have children, they feel that their job is to give, 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 take care of the children, take care of everybody around them. And they don't allow themselves to take care of themselves and put some of their needs first. One of which is having enough time or having enough mental space to build a business. So all of that kind of trying to not ruffle too many feathers and staying into dynamics that are not comfortable, but at least we don't have to break anything or throw it like a big rock uh, in the pond, that kind of comfort, even though it, it kind of sucks, right, is what keeps us stuck. Because instead of doing what is really painful and what is going to suck for a few days or a few weeks, which would be telling our friend, listen, if you keep saying that and not supporting me, I don't want to see you anymore. Or... Um, just standing our grounds towards a spouse or a family member who says, oh, you shouldn't do that investment. I don't think make it that investment. I don't think it's a good idea. And saying, well, actually, yes, I want to do this. This is really going to move the needle forward. And this is what I want. This is what I need. And I need your support, right? While doing that sometimes feels so uncomfortable, way too uncomfortable. So we'd rather stay in the kind of not so great familiar zone. Another aspect is money. And when I say money is investments. Now there is a lot of different opinions and a lot of chatter around, oh, you have to invest, to have your return on your investment. No, yes and no. Many unethical business owners or marketers use that argument kind of as fear-based marketing saying, hey, if you don't invest in yourself or if you don't invest in your business, you'll never be successful that is not true. No one can tell you if or when you'll be successful. Only you and your vibe and your beliefs and your thoughts can determine that. However, there is a very strong positive correlation between people who make scary investments and then usually getting a return on the investment. It's not so much a rational, logical thing. It's much more an emotional, energetic and kind of quantum physics thing where when we have skin in the game, and when we do something that's a bit scary, we can break through two different levels. I'm going to give you a super simple example, but what I've seen a lot is people say, oh, well, I can't really afford this, or just, they would pay for a program that they can afford three times or five times. It's not really scary. It's not really creating any sense of urgency. They don't really have a fire under their ass. And that's why, because they're still kind of in that pretty comfortable zone, or maybe it's a bit uncomfortable, but not that uncomfortable, they stay stuck in the same place, right? They kind of settle for, I can't afford it, rather than how can I afford it? But they only invest in stuff that feels way, way, way in their budget. Well, that's kind of the equivalent of... You know, when you have to write a paper for school, in my case, a master thesis, well, I had an entire year to complete the master thesis. And for the longest time, I did nothing. Even though I had more than enough time, I didn't really use all of that time efficiently. So the first few months, I went to the library. I kind of pretended that I was working on the thesis and I did do some stuff. I got places, I wrote maybe 10 pages And then kind of forgot about it and went to the library periodically and wasn't that productive. Let's be honest, if I'm being just, you know, very, very raw here, it was a lot of moving air around and not much of actually getting anything done. However, in the last eight weeks, I had a fire under my ass to finish that master thesis and create a very, very good master thesis because I had one of the strictest supervisors in the entire university. Now, suddenly things are moving, things are happening, and a master thesis is being created. And you can see this parallel, this analogy, a bit like your business. As long as you're not too uncomfortable, you don't really have any sense of urgency or a deadline that is coming up, we will kind of go with the comfortable. We will do what we need to do, but we don't really have any reason to make it happen right now. Whereas when the deadline is coming closer and closer and closer, well, now I have no other choice than work on this until it's done and until it's I'm satisfied with the outcome, right? And that's what happened with my business last year. And I think it was the first, first quarter of 2020 or maybe beginning of the second quarter, I had done some investments that definitely felt scary but nothing too scary, right? I, I was able to find the money and I did definitely did not have a lot of money. It all came out of my bank account, but it was there and I was able to buy a marketing program and a group coaching program for my business. Didn't really get anywhere. I was building the foundations, I was doing things, but it wasn't really moving. And then in May, I stumbled across this other group program and it was 6,000. At that point, lockdown had happened two months prior to that. So mid-March here in Switzerland, I had lost all of my face-to-face clients, which were just starting to become more frequent. And I was starting to make more income from that. Mid-March, gone. Everyone was gone. And even though some people were technically allowed to come, they didn't want to. They were too scared. And so I had zero money. I had just enough money to basically pay for health insurance, And I had one or two clients here or there that accepted like Zoom sessions. And in May, I stumbled across this program, it was six grand or six monthly payments of 9.97. So almost a thousand. I had 1,300 left in my account. So obviously I technically could not afford this, right? I could at most afford the first 9.97 payment. And after that, if I didn't find any clients, well, I would, I would not be able to make the five subsequent payments. What did I do? I got it, right? I bought the program. It was one of the scariest decisions that I had done in my business, not in my life because nothing is very scary once you've overcome depression. But it was definitely a what the F am I doing here moment? Or is this shiny object syndrome? Am I making a stupid investment that is going to fire back? Am I just being like kind of stupid and stupid, helpless and and desperate and making an investment that I actually don't need? A lot of fears, a lot of chatter in my mind, but deep down, something felt right about it, right? I kind of felt that this was going to make a difference. So I did the first payment, made the first payment, and then, well, you have no choice than to make it work. I had no choice than to find clients. And since it was 6,000, I basically needed two high ticket clients uh, on my program back then to be able to pay for the program. And I was like, surely I can manage to find two clients in six months. Like, come on, I I can do that, right? And in my mind, I also said like worst case scenario, if everything goes wrong and it doesn't work and I can't find clients, I will find a way to pay for this. I can go. Dog setting, I can go on Fiverr or Upwork or do some sort of freelance accounting because I worked in accounting for a very long time. I will find a way to pay for it, right? I can go and mow some lawns in a, at my neighbor's. There is always a way. When there is a will, there is a way. So I made that investment, was completely out of my comfort zone, didn't have the money technically to pay for the program. And sure enough, three weeks later, boom three clients who all kind of came within a seven-day span. And with those three clients, I basically made my investment back twice. And that is the perfect example of, I had a huge shift in energy because the underlying thing that I was telling the universe without even really realizing it at that time is, okay, I invest in this program because deep down, I know that it's going to be worth it, right? Because otherwise, why would I throw six grand out of the window? Deep down, I knew, okay, this is scary. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I trust that I can find at least two clients and make this investment back and make the payments. And because my energy shifted to that and shifted to kind of, yeah, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it can happen and I have to make it happen, then it worked. The biggest growth... The biggest quantum leaps and the biggest results come from when we do something that is very scary, completely out of our comfort zone, but deep down we have faith that it can work and that it will work, even though we have no clue how. And, you know, same with your thesis or with any paper or anything that you have to do, a project when there's only four weeks left, you have to make it happen in those four weeks. So you actually do make it happen. And another example that I have not personally experienced, but I've heard about this example a lot is kind of people who have maybe a, a shop or a store or not online business, it really doesn't matter, but it's maybe the the, the example makes more sense. Let's just say you have a bakery and you, you sell bread and cinnamon buns and a bunch of goodies. Well, Let's say that you are the only person working in the bakery and when you bake and when you sell and when you serve customers, you can't really make any more money than maybe 10,000 a month because you just don't have enough hours in a day to produce enough breads and buns and cinnamon buns, uh, serve the clients and then make more than 10. And what would really be a game changer is to hire an employee or someone who can help you either serving the clients or baking the bread. And if someone could do that, it would liberate enough time and it would add enough resources to maybe double the income of the bakery. And then it's the chicken and egg thing where because we are making 10K and kind of just breaking even with all of the costs, we can't afford an employee. But because we can't afford an employee and we are all alone and doing everything on our own, we can't go above 10K. So it's kind of a vicious circle, right? It's a chicken and egg thing where... It's never going to change. We don't have enough money to pay an employee, but as long as we don't have an employee, well, we can't make more money in the bakery. And what a lot of mindset coaches talk about is that you hire that employee anyway. And because you do, and you trust that you're somehow going to make it happen and that you will be able to pay them, the money comes. You have an exceptional month. You can pay that first month of salary. They start working you increase the production or the resources and then you can make more money and the problem solves itself. So that is an illustration of this point. And now last but not least, mindset work. So this is the last topic for today in terms of this entire subject of why things don't work and they don't work because we don't embrace the suck or we stay in the slightly uncomfortable zone instead of going where the real pain is and facing our fears, which will lead to a biggest breakthrough. So how this looks like with mindset is kind of doing surface work or staying in the shallow end of the pool by maybe journaling or doing affirmations and meditation, which don't get me wrong, are fantastic and can get you a very long way. And sometimes are more than enough to actually help you reach your goals, Right but not going deeper where the real pain is. So for example, we do affirmations on my business is growing and I have lovely clients. However, we don't heal our inner child or that part of us that never felt good enough or who felt that their parents didn't care about them because they were never home. That is where the real raw pain is of us feeling inadequate or feeling like we were never good enough, that our parents actually never really cared about us, or that they loved one of their siblings more. And that pain is so raw and so difficult to deal with that we actually just don't want to go there. And instead we do some journaling, we do some affirmations without healing the underlying issue of not feeling good enough. This is also another example that I actually see a lot with people in my audience and my clients is they do meditation or listen to hypnosis recordings on you're getting more clients, your business is doing fantastic. And they imagine all of these things and they do the visualization, but deep down they feel unworthy or undeserving or success, right? And again, addressing that root cause of why they feel like this in the first place is so painful that they don't want to go there. And an example of that, it's a counterexample actually, because my client actually was willing to go there, is I've had several clients who were adopted. And for many of them, it's very difficult to kind of get over the pain and the emo- emotional trauma of their biological parents giving them up for adoption. And while that's an entire different topic of while their parents did that and they probably have their kid's best interests at heart, it still results in the child, so my clients, feeling like they were not good enough for their parents to keep them. And that is one of the deepest, most raw pains that you could ever get. And once they are willing to go there and cry a lot and release and heal their inner child that felt that they were not good enough, that's when the biggest breakthroughs happen. Unfortunately, many people, and I completely understand that, are not really willing to go into that territory because it's kind of like opening a Pandera box where they are afraid they might have a huge mental breakdown, which is completely legitimate, right? But that is one of the reasons why, when we are not getting what we want, despite doing all of the steps and following the strategies and being consistent, That is probably one of the reasons is because there's something much deeper that we haven't addressed yet that just sucks, right? We don't want to go there. We're not going to have a good time doing it, but it would be so transformational. Another very simple example of this is if as kids, we were bullied uh, when we were younger or not young. I mean, if we were mobbed at our office, we develop visibility fears, right? But we don't really want to, to go in that zone or recall these events where we got bullied and do healing on that because it was so difficult that we kind of pushed that under the rug. And then we have do the visibility things where we post consistently, but never show our face. And a very simple example I can give you with this mindset is that I had depression five times between ages 14 and 23 or 24. And the first four times it happened, it really sucked. It was really difficult. And I kind of waited it off and then I felt better and the depression went away and then it came back and the cycle repeated itself for five times. And it was very difficult. Anyone who has had depression or who has struggled with mental health knows how difficult these phases are and how difficult it is sometimes just to get ourselves out of bed. However, what I hadn't realized, and I was young, right, and unaware is that there was a reason why the depression was coming back um, again and again and again. And that as long as I didn't address that reason, I would just continue on that wave of feeling like shit and then feeling a bit better and then being okay. And then something happening and feeling like shit again. And the fifth time it happened, the fifth time I had depression, I was studying in my master's degree. I had a I am so done with this because I just kind of saw a future where every one or two years I would have depression again and I did not want to live my life like that. I had a, I don't know, something clicked in my mind. I was like, no. So I reached out. It was a process to find her, but I reached out to an alternative EFT therapist because I really resonated with kind of the the EFT fundamentals that we go back to the root cause of an issue and energetically let it go so it can no longer affect us. And I did that and I cried every single day for three months. Every day I did EFT. Every day I recalled events that were upsetting me. I sometimes had uh, almost like panic attacks while I was doing EFT because it brought back some like painful memories, nothing like horrendous, but you know, not feeling good enough or feeling unworthy or undeserving. And that sucked, it really sucked. Like those three or four months were not easy at all. And sometimes it would almost be easier to just kind of stay in bed and not do that because at least I wouldn't have to feel that amount of pain and that amount of shifting and that exhaustion after doing three hours of tapping and feeling it didn't change anything. But that is what completely changed my life. Once I embraced the suck and I went where the real pain is, and I did the healing, even though it was ugly and raw, and I cried for three months. That is when I had my biggest, biggest, biggest breakthrough, and my life completely changed. And I had never, I have never, ever had depression ever since. And I know that it's not going to come back. So that were the concluding words. I hope that I was clear, uh, because sometimes things are very clear in your mind, but not necessarily when you talk about them. But To summarize everything we've talked about today, one of the very frequent questions I get and I see online is, Ines, I'm doing everything right. I've had a business coach. They told me to show up. I have my website. I have my lead magnet. I'm collecting emails. I have 300 people in my Facebook groups, but it's still not working. I'm not making sales. I'm doing lives and it was scary, but now I'm doing them. Well, it's probably because there is still some healing That needs to be done at a deeper level or that while we are doing things that are a bit of out of our comfort zone we are not fully embracing the sock right so we are launching which was very scary so we are at step one of getting out of our comfort zone but then we stop there and then we don't show up consistently or we don't send the emails or we don't make it easy easy for people to find the offer and we don't talk about it on Instagram stories. So technically we have got ourselves half the way there, right? We did something that felt uncomfortable that we didn't really feel like doing, but once we're doing it, we're kind of staying in the okay-ish uncomfortable instead of going full in, where sometimes it can feel very scary. Same with people who are not supporting supporting us in our business well maybe it kind of sucks you have friends who are like oh are you really sure that this is going to work but what would suck even more in our mind is telling them to fuck off right with very peacefully and nicely letting them go and accepting that those people were part of a our life before but we no longer want them in our life now that is the most difficult thing to do it's easier to just settle for passive aggressive comments so That is it for today. If there is one message that you can take out of this, or maybe food for thought, or maybe a journal prompt that you can take out of this is, the times you feel that you have done everything right, but it still didn't work, do you feel that you've gone deep enough? Or do you feel that doing something more that could have made a difference was very scary, So you didn't quite go there. That is one of the questions I have for you. Sometimes we're aware, sometimes we're not, but we are planting the seeds today. So thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in today. And if you want to already start reprogramming your subconscious mind, rewiring your mind directly at the subconscious level to let go of imposter syndrome, let go of limiting beliefs and be open to receiving and feeling worthy to receiving so you can manifest more abundance. I have an amazing hypnosis recording that has already changed so many lives. You can find it in the show notes and it's completely free and uh, downloaded there. Uh, Listen to it for 21 days. Ideally, it will rewire your subconscious mind and shift your energy so you feel worthy of receiving and let go of imposter syndrome. So thank you so much for tuning in today and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you the Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance in clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inaspadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.